the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Buckle up and start your engines. This is You Ought to Know with Dave Stahl. With 30-plus years of automotive experience, Dave is here to educate you on everything from repairing your vehicle to the latest industry news and trends. If it's automotive, Dave covers it. It's time for You Ought to Know with Dave Stahl on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome to You Ought to Know. Guess who's here? Brittany. She's been hanging out with me for the first hour. Now she's here for the second hour and the third hour. I am as yeah, happy as it. Everything good comes in threes. You'd think it was my birthday. This is the You Auto Know Show. We're sponsored by Hot Rods and Custom Stuff. You need to go to Hot Rods and Custom Stuff. Check out their website. Believe it or not, you see all these shows on TV where these guys and girls build these cool cars. Well, that's what Randy and his team do. They'll, if you have a hot rod, they'll work on it. If you don't have one, they'll build you one. And if you're looking for parts and pieces for your... For your man cave or cave or your she shed, <laughs> they've got that too. Hot rods and custom stuff dot com seven six zero seven four six. Check it out eleven seventy. How unique is that? Yeah. Hey, I got a great interview. I was talking with Brian Rasberger. He's a Super Duty manager. And if you didn't think that Ford could come out with a better Super Duty, take a listen. Hi, folks. Hey, I got our good buddy uh, Brian Rathberg on the line, Super Duty Manager. And I know you, when you see a Super Duty, you wish you had one. Because once you get behind the wheel, I'm telling you, that is an affectious truck. Because it does everything you could ever want it to do. And then some. If you read the owner's manual, you'll learn a lot more. Brian, how you doing, buddy? Hey, good, Dave. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so, Wow. What's going on with Super Duty? I mean, I mean, I don't know. You guys just keep getting better and better and better. Well, we couldn't be more excited, Dave. We're launching and uh, building and shipping our all new 2023 version of Super Duty uh, to our waiting customers uh, as we speak. So we're off and running, and uh, uh, the, the the story on this one is better than ever. The capability and the technology in this all new truck is off the charts. It really, really is. And and I love the fact that you're building it in Kentucky. I was back there in the military at Fort Knox, Kentucky. I was stationed there. And uh, so, yeah, you couldn't have picked a better part of the country to, to, to build a plant. And I know those folks that work for you guys out of Kentucky are very appreciative, and I know they love what they do. They sure do. The men and women of the Kentucky truck plant are uh, they're the best. And uh, we enjoy working with them and uh, the quality that's coming out of that plant, we're excited about, and uh, uh, we're just we're we're tickled that we're off and running here with the new one. Okay, so you got a guy driving his 2019 Super Duty, and he loves it, doesn't want to give it up. Convince him why he should look at the 23. 
backslash. Well, the capability improvement from four years ago is uh, incredible, but even more impressive is the technology and the, and the uh, uh, towing-related features that make this truck the best ever. Chances are that's probably a diesel customer that tows quite regularly and uh, we've, we're launching a new high-output diesel that has 500 horsepower and 1,200 foot-pounds of torque and up to 40,000 pounds of towing. So uh, You're getting in the semi. You're getting in the semi arena when you keep doing this. Yeah, that's like a, half of what an over-the-road uh, semi could do. It's just uh, it's incredible, the capabilities. But, you know, to that 2019 customer that uh, that, that you mentioned, that the technology improvements, the camera views, the ability to maneuver trucks and trailers is is uh, uh, equally impressive. And for that customer, probably even more impressive, more important than just higher capability numbers. Yeah, and fuel mileage. Because, I mean, even though it's a diesel – you guys have been able to squeak out better mileage year by year by year by year, and you don't even know it's a diesel if it's sitting next to you. There's no black smoke, you know, coming out the tailpipe. You know, I think, you know, the administration ought to look at diesel as an alternative, maybe even to gas, because, I mean, you guys have really tweaked a diesel engine to give the consumer not only fuel economy, but emissions and absolute raw torque. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Uh, we're proud of the improvements in and uh, fuel economy. And for a lot of these customers that tow for a living or quite frequently, um, they appreciate the range, right? They don't have to stop every couple hundred miles to, to fill up their fuel tank. So uh, that's a, a really important aspect for these customers. Well, I support all the racetracks here in San Diego County, actually Southern Cal. So I do a lot of motorsport, you know, interviews. And I ask them, I said, so what are you towing? And I got to tell you, the majority of them are running uh, the uh, Super Duty. And, and, it, and it stands to reason why they should, because, just because of, of what you said. So now, when will we see the new Super Duty uh, at the dealers? So they're starting to arrive now. Uh, we're off and running at the plant, and the production is going well, and uh, we'll probably start to see the uh, – we've kind of staggered the launch into into different sections so that we get the quality right and that the customers or dealers are happy. So the half of the lineup is shipping now, and the other half of the lineup will start here very soon. So uh, we've seen in our numbers that uh, – uh, trucks are starting to arrive, and they're not lasting long on a lot. <laughs> they're basically all sold when they get there. I know. In fact, I'm going to do a segment uh, on local TV here in San Diego all about commercial trucks. I'm going to bring a Super Duty cabin chassis in with nothing on the back. Then I'm going to bring in a utility bed and a stake bed side by side. Because, you know, the landscapers out there, the construction guys out there, or even the guy that wants a hardcore toy tra- uh, toy hauler with a utility box on the back with tons of sh- drawers and shelves, you know. And every time I do that segment, the local Ford dealers here in San Diego, business just jumps. Because I don't think the consumer realizes not only can you build your truck at your local dealer, but the warranty covers the whole vehicle. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and the commercial side of the business is uh, absolutely on fire. So 
basically uh, all of our production is uh, for the commercial customers are sold out and uh you know the the uh all the applications for the work truck customers they they couldn't be more excited so um, we're just so happy that we're finally shipping yeah no cuz it's been a you know we all know it's been an issue uh yeah i know people ask me all the time how come i don't talk price i said well cuz price is all over the board i mean cuz it depends on what you want what you're looking for my suggestion is just go to the website you know put in super duty Build your own truck to your specifications. You'll see the price at the end. You can lease it. You can buy it, whatever you want to do. And if you're happy with what you see, send that to your local dealer, and they'll notify you when the truck is built and being shipped. Trouble-free, absolutely trouble-free. I can't overemphasize that. And that's coming from an old guy that doesn't do computers. <laughs> Dave, you you sound like a pitch man for our build and price functionality on our website. You're exactly right. Uh, all the configurations, all the packages, all the powertrains are there. You can, in a matter of a couple of clicks, uh, configure the truck the way you want it. It spits out the price. You can punch in your zip code and send it directly to your dealer to for him to place the order. So it's uh, yeah, the online process has become much much more customer friendly. Yeah, I think it should be hyped more and more, and I do it. I honestly do because I help people buy cars all the time, and you know nobody really knows what they want. I tell them to get online and and build it, and, and you know just and then let me know what you got, and then we'll take care of it from there. Brian, yeah. it is always good talking to you. Now you're going to make me call uh, uh, what's his face and get me a uh, F Series Super Duty here to KUSI because I love driving those things. <laughs> Good to hear that. <laughs> All right, buddy. You take care and enjoy the rest of your week, and I look forward to future news coming out of the Super Duty Camp. All right, Dave. Thanks for having me. All right, folks. Welcome back to the You Ought to Know Show, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. All right, let me get back to my page here. This segment is brought to you by Express Auto Service, 7633 Elko Boulevard. Go to expressautoservicelamesa.com, 619-463-1484. Take care of all your automotive needs, family-owned and operated. Great folks who take care of all my cars. Hey, we got the world traveler back, Kristen Barclay. She talks with a foreign accent. You'll just have to accept it. How you doing, kid? <laughs> hey, Dave. How's it going? Yeah, I think your kids went a little pay-ree on us, boys. Especially your daughter. She was looking pretty styling there. All her styly oh, photos. Goodness. I don't even know what to do with her. Fun fact. Um, yes. the, uh, right before the trip, was out in the storage building digging around. I think I was actually doing a review. And comes back in. And she's like, hey, I went shopping. And I said, okay, you can't drive. You haven't left the house. What do you mean you went shopping? And she said, I found these boxes of your old clothes. Which, by the way, I thought I donated, I guess. And um, she's like, yeah, they fit me. Oh, my so, God. Yeah, so she packs some of them to take on the trip. We get up early one morning. We're in Rome. We walk to the Trevi Fountain, and she's wearing my jeans and my shirt. That, by the way, I wore prior to having her. So 15 years ago, they fit me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. She is such a Isn't pistol. That crazy? Yeah, no, I know. But it looks like you guys had a great time. It was a wonderful trip. Uh, it one, it, yeah, it's a great trip. And well deserved, by the way. Thank you. I, I was working the whole trip, but, the, the, you know, something super exciting happened while we were gone, and that was 
unprovoked, both kids showed their love of automotive, their passion for automotive. I mean, we share a passion for travel, right? but it's so cool to be out of the country and your son start jerking your arm, grabbing your phone and running off. You're like, what is going on? Mom, mom, vintage. He chased down a vintage Rolls Royce. Oh, really? <laughs> um, yeah, we, um, we unfortunately because of the conditions we only got like a rear and kind of side side view of it. Uh-huh. Um, he chased down some Ferraris, wow. uh, vintage Aston Martin. That it, that that shot didn't come out, but we went to Monaco and so anyway, super cool to kind of share that passion with him. And then my daughter talking about like, hey, you know, I really need to start learning how to drive when I get back because you know maybe next time we come over we can you know rent a Vespa and I can drive it. And I'm mind blown Gosh. Awesome. well that's good i mean that's as, as long as they're interested in hey so speaking of that uh what did you think of the uh mazda cx90 super impressive yeah. uh, uh replacement for the cx9 yeah. um yeah really really impressed i think my first encounter with the cx9 i was on a press trip with mazda out in california and that was kind of when they were transitioning and talking about how they wanted to use you know, more premium materials, and they wanted to kind of streamline the mm-hmm. interior and just just kind of upgrade and, and almost target that luxury market without, you know, competing directly with it. They didn't want the luxury price tag. They didn't want to completely move segments, but they wanted to be competitive. And right. I think the CX-90 is a great example of that. Yeah. Um, I, I totally agree, and I think they listened to the customer, and they pretty much gave the customer what, what the customer and, – and not a lot of, not a lot of manufacturers can do that you know, give the consumer exactly what they want. You're right. And I think, you know, Mazda has kind of focused on what they do best, which is the driving experience and the driving dynamics. And, you know, we've talked about, like, how refined they are and how you actually enjoy the drive. Um, You know, they're in some ways edge out the German competition, which, you know, the Germans do really well, right? But you don't have the price tag. Um, or the expensive repairs like you might have in a BMW or a Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's interesting that if, if you, you know, to start, a base model is 40970 uh, Mine, the, the one that I tested this week, was top of line, so it was $61,990. Mm-hmm. The fact that you can get into a three-row SUV with an enjoyable drive, driving dynamics, mm-hmm. the fact that you can customize it because you can get this in six, seven, or eight-seat configurations – uh, three power tra- train choices and five different trim levels. Um, I think they're giving the customer what they want, and you know, with a huge price range there to choose from, so it kind of fits everybody's budget. It's not mm-hmm. pricing anyone out, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. Great drive, comfortable, plenty of get up and go, good mileage. Yeah, I think I think they did. It. I thought it was a smart move moving from the nine to the ninety. Yeah, I think it's like seven and a half inches. Uh, the wheelbase is about seven and a half inches longer. Um, I've seen where some people say, you know, hey, they, they, the cargo space isn't as um, large as maybe the Telluride or the Palisade, what it's competing with. I'll tell you that we had 11 bags, and the Mazda 690 was waiting for us at the airport Tuesday night. Uh-huh. Um, four bags, check size, you know, big bags. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, seven, you know, from carry-on to briefcase type size, mm. and we got every bag in along with the four of us. Wow. Um, that is impressive. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I might have tied Hunter to the top of the... No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Didn't. Probably t- you would tie me. Marlon to the roof before you would tie Hunter, <laughs> trust me. And Marlon can handle it because he's pretty aerodynamic. 
Yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, the, the CX-90 is aerodynamic in itself. Plenty of power, too, with that uh, six-cylinder engine. But, no, I didn't tie anyone to the roof, I promise. <laughs> um, but I like what they've done with the interior, you know, is, is, as far as um, just kind of the, the – it's great material. The wood right. is amazing. Um, you know, I they've fine-tuned a little bit that infotainment system, which I've had recent issues with. It's made it a little more user-friendly. Mm-hmm. Um I think there's a few more tweaks they could do there, um, but uh, it's good to hear they're listening, you know? Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. Oh, if they don't, they're going to lose out. It's just that simple. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's standard with adaptive uh, cruise control, lane keeping assist, blind spot warning. I think more and more manufacturers are going to those. Some of those features are standard now, which I think is a good thing, especially with a, a team that's getting ready to drive. Um yeah. You know, I don't see if you live closer. I just borrow one of your Miatas and teach her on that. No, MR2s. Oh, yeah. I, should, MR2, okay. I should ship you one because then you could figure out maybe you can get paint cheaper in Texas than I can here, man. I tell you what, you can't get a car painted for less than 12 grand today out here. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I Earl shy. buy a different car. I, well, it'd be cheaper, let me tell you, just to get, <laughs> but I can't let them go. They're like, if, that'd be just like if you got rid of uh, one of your kids. And did you notice, did, did you rent any cars when you were over in Italy? No, no, we didn't. We walked, because uh, we were actually, we took a 12-night cruise, and so we were in Spain and France oh, and Italy, and so everywhere we walked. Right. That's right. Very good. Because a friend of ours or that was on the show, he was over there, and everything was a stick shift. Not an automatic to be found. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of interesting. France. You know, France. And it, it's interesting when you Uber over there, when you when you grab an Uber, that's one of the things that you notice. And it's, it's funny because you're in a new model, right? They're fairly new models. You hop in, you're like, oh, yeah, you know what? I just had one of these a month ago. And you look <laughs> down and it's got a stick. And you're yeah. like, okay, no, mine didn't know. I didn't even know we could do that. You know, yeah. and apparently, no, you can in Europe, but not in the U.S. So. I, I know. It's, it's totally crazy. So what color did you have on your CX-90? It was not the sole red. I, I, my laptop, I'm having technical issues. My laptop restarted. Let me see if I can find it. It was a red, but they called it something different. It's kind mm. of a burgundy. Oh, I know. Standby. It's, a, it's a real pretty color. Artesian red metallic. Is there the you go. Color. Yeah, I had that one, too. And I like that color. I really did. I thought I it was outstanding. I do, too. And you know, something else I noticed is the, um, it seems like when you're in proximity to things, that front camera's coming on, mm-hmm. and it's just got an amazing view. It's a really neat uh, feature. I've noticed it comes on, too, if you're sitting in traffic and the traffic moves and you haven't moved yet, right. it comes on for you. Um, I, I really like that, that feature. And you know, fuel efficient to have a V6 with the power and pickup that it has. Um, I think I got about 26. It's rated 28 highway, 23 city, 25 combined. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's an impressive vehicle. I, I wonder, I would love to see the sales breakdown numbers for the uh, top trim, like the Turbo S Premium Plus that I had, and then the starting and see kind of how their sales numbers are split off. Well, because if you get the lower, you know, lower version, there's still a lot of uh, features. You know, I mean, when you get to the high, high, high end, you know, there might be some stuff there that you could live without, you know, really, when you come right down to it. Well, it's still priced competitively, you know, because yes. it's up against the Telluride, the Palisade, the Atlas, the Pilot, the Highlander. Um, when you look at, you know, the features and what you're getting, it's still priced right in there um, competitively. I think, you know, we've talked about this before, the thing that, that kind of holds Mazda back, so to speak, which is not even really the correct terminology, but the challenge for Mazda is getting butts in the seats, is getting people to 
recognize their brand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think once somebody does, they're extremely brand loyal. But a lot of people, for whatever reason, just kind of overlook Mazdas, and I think that's a mistake. And, and hopefully this CX-90 is going to see great success, and more and more people are going to go uh, drive one and see how great Mazdas are. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree, and you're right. you got to figure out a way. And But you, it's so weird how people will, will gravitate to a model. Like, for example, the Kia Telluride. I mean, you can't even get one. You know, and I, know. I still don't You're waiting know. a year. Yeah, but what's the draw? See, I, I, I don't I don't understand it. So for Texans, you know, there's several people in my neighborhood that have bought them, and several people after I had one for a week have gone out and bought them. And what I'm hearing is they like that kind of rugged. It's got like a little bit of a rugged look, but it's still refined. Right. They like that. They like the fact that it's got the three rows of seats. I mean, I think the CX-90 can be competitive. Um, but you know, Kia is kind of, they're a lot more visible in their marketing. Yeah. No, I, 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 I agree with you. Uh, I would agree with you 100%. But you know, so I tell people, okay, so if you, and I've even done it, if you can't get to tell you right, go look at the CX 90, you know, go look at some of the other cars in that, in that space, drive them, you know, and see what you think. And we, I've had people actually do that. For sure. I, you know, I think, you know, with any uh, automaker, the, the thing, too, is, you know, forget about ad spending, but seeing vehicles on the road. Right. You know, you and I do it. I mean, I, not not too long ago, right before the trip, I followed a car for 10 miles because we saw a car at night, and I was behind it, and I didn't recognize the taillights, and it was mm-hmm. night, and I couldn't see. And I was like, well, that's neat. I don't, know what the, I don't know what make that is. I followed it for about 10 miles because I wanted to see what right. it was. Right. Um. You know, I think that's the same thing. As you see so many Tellurides on the road, right? And you like the way they look, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I should go check that out. Um, maybe now that the CX-90 is, like, fully ramped up and more of them are gritting on the road, people will see them and go, oh, hey, oh, yeah, I forgot about Mazda. Let me go test drive one of those. I think you're right. And I think their base warranty it might be a little bit of a detriment as well. Because, I mean, you know, the Telluride's got a pretty good warranty. Yeah, but Mazda's got great reliability and resale, too. Oh, yeah. I don't think yeah. he doesn't. I'm just saying that, you know, I... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. It's something that Mazda changes in the future just to get more people, you know, in the seats. I think they've got a phenomenal product. I just mm-hmm. think that uh, it's one of those brands that, you know, you don't always... It's not like the first brand. It's just like, right, when you're, when you're looking at a truck, you know, I think everybody goes... Ford, GM, Ram, and not right. necessarily in that order. Yeah. And then you've got the brand loyalists that go, no, Toyota. So yeah. I think Mazda's kind of the same way. Um, like I said, once you get in one, I think it's easy to move through progression. You know, you start at Miata, you move up to, uh, what, a, a Mazda 6, and mm-hmm. then a Mazda 9, and mm-hmm. now you got kids, and now you're buying a, an SUV or whatever. I, I don't know. Once you drive them, I used to discount them until they changed the exterior, what, five, six years ago? Right. Seven years ago? Right. Paint color started popping, exterior started popping. I said, hey, yep. that looks like a fun car. And the dynamics match the exterior, so, yeah. Very good. Hey, well, I was glad to have you back. It's It was, uh, it was it, we were lost without you. you. Yes, I did, because I love interviewing <laughs> her. She's the best. And I was impressed you were able to keep uh, Focus Daily News up and running the whole time you were gone. I was totally surprised that you were able to do that. But I'm sure you've got an amazing staff that probably helped carry the ball. We do. Uh, Marlon and I do the bulk of everything, but without our writers, without our freelance writers and our ad sales and uh, people like you that just share our content, couldn't do it without everybody. So, yeah, we, we appreciate that. It's Thank God we have jobs that not only do we love, but that we can do from anywhere. Yes, yeah. that, isn't that a wonderful thing? So that old auto reviews 
and news. That's right. <laughs> All that adage that you have to be in a building to do your job is not true. All right. How do people follow you around? Hey, find us at FocusDailyNews.com, and uh, I'll post a couple pictures of some of the vehicles we saw while we were oh, away yeah. on uh, You Ought to Know's Facebook page later today. That's another good excuse to go back to Europe. Yep. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Say hi to the family, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Dave. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. Brian Armstead's in the line. He's rolling in a Toyota Grand Highlander. Not just a Highlander, but the Grand. Right here on FM 961-1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back. You're listening to the You Ought to Know Show, FM 961-1170. The answer. Segment brought to you by John's Automotive Care. John's now got three locations, one over by the airport. Right there where Cajon Speedway used to be. So check him out. Just go to his website, johnsandiegoautorepair.com. Brian Armstead in the house. Hey, Brian, before we get to the review, did you know a Jim Wangers? I did not, Dave. Uh, yeah, he was the godfather of the Pontiac GTO, and he passed away last I saw, month. I saw you. Yeah, I, I, I put a uh, care symbol by your post. I saw that um, yeah. uh, when I was in Hawaii. I, I saw your post on him. Yeah. Oh, may he rest in peace. Yes, sir. Man, yeah. what an amazing individual. So, tell us about the Highlander. Well, um, I forgot to realize that I can't tell you about the Highlander until May 30th. So. Oh, I thought there should have been a, uh, I was going to say, shouldn't there be a, a an embargo on that of some kind? Yeah, I tried. I sent you a couple of messages, but it was too late. I'm like, I'm looking, I'm scrambling because I'm running late. I'm scrambling around to get my information for the show. And I look at the note, I'm like, oh, my God. So here I am in the... Uh, now the you're saying GLE 450. That's what I'm sitting in right now, yes. Ooh, nice. Yes. So nice. Sorry, sorry my note got to you a little bit late. No, Brittany, okay. how are you today? Well, I got Brittany hanging with me today. She was nice enough to come yeah, in. Yeah, I just... I just said hi to her. She didn't answer. She's, I'm right here. She's she's sitting here. She's right here. she's she's getting on the keyboard okay, well, now. I, now she's all happy. I, I've said I've said hi twice, and you hi. still haven't answered. Hello. I just try not go. to interrupt. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's all good. I mean, you know, it's, it's all it's all love. It's all good. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, I do not have the Monroney for this vehicle. Um, this was dropped off for me. Um. Um, at the airport, and I, I think I actually had it and um, accidentally um, did something with it. So we're gonna we're gonna wing it today. We can do I'm that. Gonna tell you that uh, we can do it. Was that won't be the first time, but um, you know, Mercedes GLE is one of many uh, vehicles that they offer um, across the uh, the sport utility vehicle segment. And this one is fully uh, full internal combustion engine. Uh, the, D, the GLE starts with the GLE 350. It's got a 2-liter inline-four turbo, 57.7 MSRP. Then the uh, the uh, GLE for uh, 350. Wait a minute. What, 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 I'm confusing myself here. We have a 350. Uh, that's the same one. I don't know why they have it twice here. Uh, and then you have the 354 Matic, which comes in at 60200 you have the 450 formatic, which is the one I'm driving today, comes in at 66,450. The three liter inline six turbo with a mile hybrid drive system. And then the top dog in the GLE lineup, internal combustion engine, the GLE 580 formatic, uh, four liter V8 by turbo, 
mild hybrid drive, 483 horsepower, 4.9 seconds, 0 to 60 time. The uh, one I'm in has uh, 362 horsepower, which is nothing to sneeze at, mm-hmm. and a 0 to 60 time of 5.5 seconds, and 360 pound-feet of torque. And, you know, two years ago, those would have been extremely impressive numbers, no matter the vehicle, <laughs> 0 to 60 and 5.5. But um, there's this new um, car that came out. Um, the name slips me, but it's made, um, I believe it's built in Europe, has a 0 to 60 time of 1.6 seconds and a 0 to 200 mile an hour time of 12 seconds. I don't know if you saw the post about that last week, but that mm-hmm. just shows you that with these electric supercars that are out now, you know, 0 to 60 in 5.5 seconds is like a Mercedes diesel from the 1980s. You know, which got to which got to sixty miles an hour in about thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. It just shows you the uh, the you know performance has really been ramped up with these high output gasoline engines like the Dodge Demon and you know the Corvette C eight and you know various uh, Lamborghini, Ferrari, Porsche models. But now with these electric cars, everything's kind of gone off the charts. But mm-hmm. having said all of that, the uh, four fifty. Uh, comes with, um, you know, some pretty impressive uh, chops. Um, I love the interior. I've got the AMZ line um, exterior on the car, panoramic roof. Those are options that run uh, $3,250 and $1,000. Got the illuminated running board, $650, um, and, a, and a ton of other features. But what I like most about it is that when you sit inside one of these new Mercedes-Benz vehicles, um you just really um, are, are enveloped in the lap of luxury. They take great care in providing high-quality leather. I have real a real open-pore wood console and dashboard trim. This is just really impressive uh, stuff. The the metal, the bezels around the air conditioning vents are made of metal. You can tell because they're cold. They adapt the temperature of what. Um, you know, what the interior of the car is, the line of HVAC buttons that sit in the center console that control the heating and, and cooling controls, those are made of metal. The paddle shifters behind the steering wheel are high-grade um, aluminum. And, you know, it has a piano black center on the steering wheel. Everything is just really laid out nicely. Um, you can control the center stack, the center screen, rather, it's one continuous screen that expands, um, you know, across the entire width of the dashboard. I, I, I'm sorry, it's, it extends from the driver to the center of the dashboard. I'm confusing it with the hyper screen that can uh, that extends the entire width of the dashboard. But it's a nicely integrated feature. It's it sits inside the uh, it, it sits kind of on top of the uh, how how do I put this? Not on top of because it's certainly not on top of it's. It extends out from the the dash cluster, but it's not like something that looks like an add-on. It's mm-hmm. very, very well integrated, and on both sides of it, there are air conditioning vents, uh, which are controllable, and it just fits really nicely. So the center portion of this one-piece continuous screen, um, you have touch controls, or you can use a mouse pad that is uh, mounted lower on the center console, so my arm is extended. The palm of my hand is on a, a, a palm rest, for lack of a better word. That's exactly what it is. And then I can just kind of dial up what I want 
with the touch of the finger. Like if I wanted to switch from the phone to the radio to navigation, I can do all of that with just a swipe of the finger. Um, in the screen is comprehensive. I can see I've been on the line for 13 minutes and 18 seconds. Mm. I can see my battery is woefully low uh, mm-hmm. for the car. So what I'm going to do is stick it inside this little uh, container, uh, this little uh, console rest here. And then I'll be automatically connected to the G wireless system, charging system. And it shows that it's starting to charge. So... I'm glad I caught that because I would have cut myself off in the middle oh. of the program, which would not have been a good thing. <laughs> a ride quality is superb. Honestly, I haven't spent a lot of time in it because I just got back from Hawaii yesterday morning at 8 o'clock. But the ride from the airport to my home is about 30 miles. Very comfortable air suspension on the car. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a Mercedes, so, you know, they, they really take the, the suspension dynamics seriously. I love the full panel roof above. It, it, it lends a very bright air to an already bright interior because I have uh, these cream-colored seats uh, that are, are perforated, heated, and cooled. Uh, the back row, the middle row, rather, is very comfortable. I've actually, I actually sat back there when I was looking for the Monroney. So uh, it's not there, but I was comfortable in the second row. The third row, however, is another story. That's, that's relegated for very, very small children. Um, right. I, I wouldn't even want to put a child back there. I don't know why they put the uh, third row of this car. It's kind of like, I don't know. I just wouldn't I wouldn't put a car. The, the children that are small enough to ride back there, I wouldn't want them that close to the rear of the vehicle in case of a rear end collision. Right, right. So that third row to me is best folded down, uh, <laughs> you know, just yeah. buy something Buy something bigger if you need a, a third row of a lot of room. This is not the one. Right. But, um, you know, for short-haul trips, maybe, you know, I would consider it. But I don't know. I just don't think that that's a, a good look back there. Mm-hmm. And it takes up a heck of a lot of the luggage uh, room if you want to haul, a, you know, suitcases or whatever. Just fold that third row down. This is essentially a, an excellent five-seat sport utility. It's got the uh, formatic all-wheel drive, so you're good in the winter. You've got um, a, a very comprehensive uh, trip computer, all sorts of information. You can toggle back and forth. It, it has um, steering assist, so it's not a self-driving system, Dave and, and uh, Brittany, but it will follow the, the road as long as you have one or two hands on the wheel. It will guide <laughs> you along. And, uh, you know, it's not in – the thing with the Mercedes systems is that if you kind of change lanes without – letting the car know that you're changing lanes, it will aggressively shift you back Ooh. into the lane. Right. So you always have to use you always have to use a turn signal with mm-hmm. Mercedes Benz cars. They will let you know, hey, uh, uh son, you're not paying attention and we're gonna just snatch you right back before you ruin this beautiful seventy thousand dollar sports utility right. vehicle. And if you're not paying attention, audio, it's a snatch, let me tell you. It's a snatch. It is a snatch. It's it's the per- perhaps the most aggressive system I've yes. ever experienced. Um, it's just the way it is. You know, you just learn to hit the turn signal, which is what you should be doing in the first place. Exactly. So, Unless uh, you're in L.A. I can't fault. Right. I can't. <laughs> right. Because nobody will let you in. Um, so I can't fault them for being aggressive with snatching you back. But just other manufacturers have a much uh, smoother, smoother right. system. Yeah. So uh, believe it or not, I'm going to be in town for a couple of weeks. Uh, if you can believe that, Dave. Wow. So, uh, <laughs> I'm shocked. Really? I know, I know. So uh, 
next weekend we'll uh, I'll be back with um, I'm not going to tell you what it is because I don't know what it is yet. But I'll be back <laughs> <on next Sunday. laughs> I love it. I love it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it, it's good to be back on the air. It's good to hear Kristen back and, and yeah. you know safe from her travels and. Um, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of the day. Thank you, buddy. And we do look forward to talking to you next week with the surprise vehicle. We'll leave it at that. Surprise vehicle. And as always, thank you, Brendan, for uh, for the board work. And you guys uh, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Thanks, buddy. You too. Right back at you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to do a little talk about Jim Wangers, who's the godfather of the Pontiac GTO. He passed away last month. Probably one of the greatest interviews i have ever done personally and we'll talk more about that when we come back right here on you ought to know fm 961 am 1170 the answer all right folks welcome back this is the you ought to know show fm 961 am 1170 the answer that's Brittany. she's uh came in a little early for the before we go to racial radio and i'm thrilled to have her on convoy auto service uh recommend or actually sponsors this segment go to convoyautorepair.com convoyautorepair.com right there in uh the convoy uh auto center nap auto care asc certified triple a approved right next door collision dock used to be bumper dock now it's collision dock full body shop go to collision dock.com collision dock.com well, Jim Wangers, uh, godfather of the Pioneer GTO, passed away last year, I think at the age of 96. Amazing individual. And I have a surprise uh, guest for you all. If anybody read the Union Tribune for more years than I care to admit, Mark Maynard was the editor of the Union Tribune wheel section. I think he did like Friday, Saturday, and Sunday editions. I mean, this is one of the most astute automotive journalist i've run into in a long time and i think he's on the line mark is that you yes yes i'm alive and i'm still writing about cars at maynardsgarage.com and you post what every day every week so two or three times a week wow and then we'll tease it on my facebook page and instagram and twitter and those kinds of social media just to keep uh, waving the flag for Maynard's Garage. Absolutely. And by the way, he's about as technically inclined as I am. So <laughs> you'll love what he does. I him, but I can't fix them. Yeah, there you go, man, after my own heart. So talking about Jim Wangers, I know it kind of broke your heart as well as it did I. I mean, we did a lot of things with that gentleman. And he was the consummate Pontiac guy who didn't work for Pontiac. Yeah. Well, he didn't work for Pontiac, but he worked for the marketing agency that supported Pontiac. Right. So that, he hooked up with John DeLorean. Mm-hmm. And, you know, every I, I, I knew Jim for, what, 30 years? Yeah. Wow. He'd call, and every time he would call, I would learn something about <laughs> this industry. Yes. And it was, it was Jim's famous line about marketing. It's not what you know, it's what they, what, wait a minute, it's not, what did he say, Dave? Yeah, it's I'm not trying. what you know, it's what they think you are. It's not who you are, it's what they think you are. That's exactly that's right. Part, uh, uh, premise of it's who they think you are, and he was in there making that Pontiac brand stronger. So he's 
He did everything. Oh. He, he owned dealerships through his career. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, he set up racing on Daytona Beach. Yeah. And that was what, the 50s or 60s? That uh-huh. was fabulous. Well, and the beauty of him not literally working for Pontiac gave him the free range to do things that Pontiac would never have signed off on, like putting the 421 in a Pontiac Catalina in the dark, then taking it to drag strips and blowing people away with this car because he truly knew that Pontiac had the where for all to be on the top when it came to drag racing, and he was amazing at it. He he was a car collector's car collector, yeah. and you're, for many years he would have an annual picnic out here oh. at his garage, Oceanside, yep. and it would be a catered event. There'd be hundreds of people show up, and then the people who had Pontiacs would go out to Carlsbad Raceway and finish the afternoon yep. racing their. And he and would he too. He would go with them. Yeah, you don't have that anymore. Yeah. You really, you really don't. And he was so, I, I don't know if I had told you this or not, but he was my very, very probably first, really, I, I would consider a serious interview of somebody very, you know, well-known in the auto industry. And we got all done with it. And he sent me a really nice letter. And he said, that was the best interview I've ever had. Aww. Well, having that come from somebody wow. of his stature. So I framed it. It's on my wall. Oh, really? And then I actually called him back, and I said, well, why is that? Why, why? I mean, I appreciate it, but what? why did you do that? He says, you allowed me to tell the story without interrupting. Because, you know, a lot of hosts like to hear themselves yeah. rattle. But he was just, God, he was just amazing. I, I really was heartbroken when I heard he passed away. But he lived a good life, 96 years? Oh, my gosh. He was he was so dutiful in supporting oh. the auto industry. You remember yes. uh, during our San Diego International Auto Show? Oh, yeah. If you would ask Jim to show up at 4 a.m. for comment, yep. he was there. Yeah. And he just uh, he he loved the automotive industry as much as uh, he he loved cars. I remember one time I had a group of automotive book authors come down to the San Diego International Auto Show. Uh-huh. And Jim Waters was among them. Right. And we promoted it. And people came from all over. I mean, people came from out of town. They flew in. Right. Their car, Pontiac car parts for him to sign. I know. Hey, what was that car he built? It was a Pontiac and a Monte Carlo. What did he call that? Remember that, that one? A, that was a tube frame chassis GTO. I don't know where source the body uh, but you know it was totally built up it was something a little odd yeah. in the car at the rear axle right it didn't quite fit right under the fender well but you know he was he was he was going to make money that was going to be a custom built yep. you know performance car i wonder what happened to his collection because it needs to be seen it needs to be in a museum of some sort because i didn't hear anything at all about it you know, if it hadn't been, believe it or not, watching uh, Meekum auction, you know, they they must have talked about him. And I watched a lot of hours of Meekum. But every time a Pontiac GTO would come up to 69, 
they would talk about Jim. They'd talk about what a wonderful individual he was. And he was so loved by the Pontiac community. It was it was absolutely unbelievable. And there's so many, you know, there's so... And, and I guess you heard uh, the Peterson Museum is going to do a tribute. Was it June 10th? Yeah, you told me. Yeah. yeah. So they're gonna. So I was really, really, really happy to see that the that Peterson's going to do something for him because uh, he was just he was just an amazing, amazing car guy, and he was a true car guy. And the stories he would tell, you know, I don't know if I was real happy. He was on a kind of a tribute towards the end of his life, and he would go around and he would do a tribute and a, and a session on how Pontiac got how Pontiac died. Because he was really, really remember that. Because he was really upset. No, oh yeah, he was really upset that the General Motors got got rid of Pontiac. So he, kind of, yeah, sparks, yeah. So he went on a on a rant. I mean, he was on a on a road tour, and anybody that would allow him to come in, he came in and uh, talked about it. But I think GM. You know, thought so much about him, they just never really said anything, and then just kind of let him do his thing. Well, you know, you've got the young guys coming in right. who want to do it their way, and Jim was the old guy, <laughs> and he knew everything. He yeah. he really did. He had yeah. a market and sell vehicles, but you know, once you got young people coming in, they want to make their own mark and their own presentation. Right. I, I'm looking at. I looked up Jim Wanger's uh, collection, and it sold at uh, in 2019 Meekum Indie Auctions. Oh. There's five five cars in it. One, two, three. It was a 2000 Holden GTSR, which turned into a you know that late edition Pontiac a GTO. There's right. What the GTO? All that car. It was a fabulous car. Actually, I think it and was it was a GV6 or something, something like that. And, I don't remember, but I think yeah. it was a GTO at first. But it was—you're right—it was a Holden, which I liked yeah. the Holden. I thought it was a good-looking car. Yeah, and then you know his famous GTO GTO Tiger, that gold, gold and white '67. Yes, yes, yeah. And he had a couple other cars, but nothing. Uh, you know, he had a '60—I think it was a five sixty-four, sixty-five GTO uh-huh. that was one of the originals, and that was one of his prized Pontiacs in his collection. I don't see it here. I don't know where it would have gone, but mm. yeah. he brought it out. He would come out to the Speed Fest. I would have a table set up and yeah. so many books. Jim, no matter what his age was, I know. he was always looking for ways to make money. Yes. And, you know, and he had his books. Yep. Um, he had his those those prints, those drag racing yeah. prints that were just, and uh, uh, he even model diecast model of the GTO Gito Tiger. Yep, I've got one, and he would he would get you into the Pontiac, uh, the Bobcat from the Royal Bobcat Club. It, he was an amazing guy, Mark. I know you're on the road, and I cannot thank you enough for being part of uh, Jim Wanger's uh, tribute. And we look forward to talking to you down the road. And how can people follow you around? And what's your website again? Yeah, com and uh, Mark Maynard on my Facebook page and at Maynard's Garage for all the social media. You're the best, brother. Take care. Thanks, man. All right. 
All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, that's right, Racer Radio. And we've got... We've got a hot rod calling in from the track. And we'll just say her name is Eileen, mm-hmm. and she's faster than you. <laughs> right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 